It's time to go under the hood with the Indy Fuel. Welcome to another edition of Under the Hood with the Indy Fuel. I am the broadcast voice of the Fuel, Andrew Smith. On this edition of the podcast, we'll take a look back at a three-point week for the Fuel and have a conversation with Fuel defenseman Chris Martinet. That'll come up later in the program. The Fuel enter this week 21-6-2 with the ECHL's best record in terms of points this season and currently tied for first place in the Eastern Conference and leading the Eastern Conference in points percentage. A big reason why is they took three out of a possible four points in two games last week, while the Florida Everblades went on a little bit of a losing streak, allowing Indy to catch Florida in the standings. The Fuel won Wednesday's game 6 to nothing over the Wheeling Nailers and then dropped a 5-4 to overtime decision to the Kansas City Mavericks on Friday night. This week, the Fuel traveled to Wheeling for a Tuesday night face-off, a rare Tuesday game. Then they return home Thursday to face the Fort Wayne Comets for an all-you-can-eat night presented by Legacy Maker at 7.05 p.m. And then they're off until Sunday the 14th when the Wheeling Nailers visit for another family fun day presented by the Farmers Bank. The puck drops at 3.05 p.m. Sunday. And after that, the Fuel will embark on a long two-week, seven-game road trip that will see trips to Wichita, Kansas City, and Fort Wayne before the Fuel will return home on March 31st. A couple of news items of note for Indy. Defenseman Cliff Watson, the captain, joins the long list of players who have been called up to the American Hockey League as he was signed by the Rockford Icehawks to a professional tryout offer on Monday of this week. He joins Peter Krieger, who's with Manitoba, Billy Christopoulos, who is currently with the Henderson Silver Knights, also Patrick McGrath and Derek Barash, all in the American Hockey League, as well as the players who have been called up to Rockford in DJ Buzdecker and Riley McKay. Tom Aubrun has been returned to the fuel by the Ice Hogs after playing in one game with Rockford, a game in relief of Colin Delia last week. Aubrun has had a little bit of action with the fuel early in the season before he was called up for Rockford's training camp. Aubrun has played in three games this season with the fuel with a 3.92 goals against an 870 save percentage. He is two and three in those three contests. Also this week, the Indy Fuel announced the remainder of their promotional schedule. You can find all the upcoming promotional nights at IndyFuelHockey.com as well as get your tickets for those upcoming games and a lot of really fun nights coming up, including Teacher Appreciation Night on April 2nd, 80s and 90s Night on April 3rd, National Beer Day on April 7th, another Made in America Night on April 9th, and a Marvel Superheroes Night as the Fuel will wear Black Panther jerseys on Saturday, April 17th. A lot of other outstanding and fun evenings coming up for you. You can check out all of our upcoming promotional nights at IndieFuelHockey.com and also get your tickets for all 18 of the remaining home games in the 2020-21 season. Let's take a look back. At the week that was for the Indy Fuel, and it was another successful week, 
coming off of a two-game skid, the Fuel welcomed the Wheeling Nailers to the Indiana Farmers Coliseum on Wednesday night. Indy has had a lot of success against Wheeling this season, but especially so on Wednesday as Dan Bacala posted his second shutout of the season, stopping all 20 shots he saw in a 6 to nothing victory. The win tied a franchise record for the most lopsided win in franchise history, also the biggest shutout win as well with the 6 to nothing score. It was an even game in the first period, but Mike Lee got things started with a minute 32 to go, and the Fuel were off and running. Rimmed around, and the Nailers Hodgson brings it out to center, but not through Martinet. Pellick will play it off the boards into the wheeling zone. Pellick into the left wing circle. Centers for Lee, coming down the middle, shoots and scores! Mike Lee makes this a one to nothing game on a beautiful entry by the Fuel, and Pellick finds him coming down the weak side, put it right on his tape, and Lee roofs it. Mike Pellick had a big game for the Fuel against his former team, as he not only assisted on the league goal, he also had a goal and two assists later on in the contest. But his screen on Willie Raskob's goal made it two to nothing. Pellick didn't get a point on the play, but he made it happen. Cliff Watson able to outlet to Raskob. Puck exploded off of a stick right into his own crease, but he was able to recover. Raskob indirect pass for Thomas across the line. Puts on the brakes left wing circle. Waits for reinforcements. Stick handles and now drops it for Raskob. Shoots through traffic and scores! Willie Raskob with a wrist shot from the high slot. The fuel lead it two to nothing. Well, I'm not sure if Michael Pellick is going to get an assist here, but he is integral in this goal. Great pull-up play by Jared Thomas. Willie Raskop finding that soft ice. He comes from actually below the goal line, which is so tough to cover. Because in the defensive zone, a winger has a defenseman. All of a sudden, Willie Raskop like that rover all the way around the zone. Great little exchange. And you could see there, Michael Pellick standing at the net front. As always, Nick Olchek joins me on the calls. Spencer Watson returned to the lineup after a seven-game absence and he paid immediate dividends, scoring his seventh goal of the season, making it 4 to nothing midway through the second period, capping a run of three goals in three minutes and 56 seconds. Josling couldn't get it through. Cliff Watson sends it out to center to Spencer Watson. Two-on-one with Kuglietta into the left side. Spencer Watson takes it into the middle and scores. Spencer Watson beats Broussard on a two-on-one, and the fuel lead it 4 to nothing. As Spencer Watson scores his seventh of the year, welcome back to the lineup, number 16. Well, you can see from the first period, Spencer Watson was excited to be back. He had his skating legs, had a couple opportunities in the first, and he just makes no mistake here. Love the little move, the push to the forehand, eluding the sliding defenseman from Wheeling coming across. It's a two-on-one, but he says, ah, I'm just going to take it myself, and he beats Francois Brossard to the glove side. Just a beautiful shot. Nick Pirog then made it 5 to nothing late in the second period. And behind the net, Al Faro tried to play it up into the high slot. It's taken back by the fuel. Here comes Pirog, one-on-one across the line. Takes it and scores! Nick Pirog from the inside of the left wing circle. Rips it past Dorio. The fuel lead it 5 to nothing. 
as Pirog had a lot of ice up the left side. Came across the line one-on-one with a lot of speed and just ripped it past Dorio, and it's a high five for Indy. It was a big night for a lot of Fuel players. Matt Marson, who had his third three-point game of the season. Michael Pellick also had a goal and two assists. Mike Lee had a goal and an assist in the contest, and the Fuel had six different goal scorers, and all six goals came five-on-five. Dan Bacala's shutout was his fourth in an Indy Fuel sweater, tying him with Matt Carruth and Jake Hildebrand for the most shutouts all-time with the Indy Fuel. On Friday night, the Kansas City Mavericks came to visit, and it was a wild game. It was one of those games that if you paid your money for a ticket, you got your money's worth as the Fuel and Mavericks played a shootout. Indy fell behind one to nothing late in the first on Luke Bafia's goal, but later on, Diego Cuglietta tied things up in the second. Mike Lee takes the puck in his own zone. Cuglietta will skate it up through center. Rink-wide pass for Thompson. Give and go. Cuglietta's got a step. Takes it to the forehand. He scores! Diego Cuglietta ties this up at one on a beautiful give and go with Matthew Thompson off the rush. And Diego Cuglietta has his fifth goal of the year and his third with the Indy Fuel. Well, what a play between Cuglietta and Matthew Thompson. You're the puck carrier moving through the middle of the ice. If you can move it wide and then get your legs going right through that middle lane, you're going to give yourself a great look. Great pass from Matthew Thompson. The importance of that pass from Thompson to Kuglietta, it was a one-touch. If he holds on to it, it allows the defenseman to come across and at least get a stick on it. And a great feed, and Kuglietta moves the puck, finds the open space, and a quick shot past the blocker of Matt Ginn, and we got a tied hockey game here, 1-1. After Kansas City took a 2-1 lead, Cuglietta again scored right off a face-off to make it 2-2, and then late in the second period, Michael Pellick continued his big week with this power play goal. Spencer Watson gives it to Texera, and now takes it back on the right-wing circle. Sends it into the slot for Thompson, to Pellick, he scores! Tic-tac-toe, and Michael Pellick roofs it from the top of the crease and the fuel with a power play goal take a 3-2 to two lead well a heck of a pass by Spencer Watson moving in from the point this pass to Matthew Thompson was blocked by Boston Lear really tough for the goaltender Ginn to pick up he had no clue where that puck was or at least some sort of idea and then the puck flows right onto the stick of Michael Pellick who makes no mistake Two goals in his last two games. Matthew Thompson would score in the third, but just like Pellick's goal, that would be answered by the Mavericks as we went into overtime tied at four, and then Adam Brady scored his second goal of the game for Kansas City to give the Mavericks a 5-4 to four victory. It was a big night for the line of Diego Cuglietta, Matthew Thompson, and Jared Thomas. As... Cuglietta finished the night with two goals and six shots on goal. Spencer Watson had a pair of assists. Jared Thomas had a pair of assists. Michael Pellick had a goal and an assist. And Matthew Thompson had a goal and two assists in the game. And Dan Bacala stopped 29 of 34 shots. And the Fuel's power play was really good. After enduring an 0-for-16 stretch, Indy broke out of that, scoring on both of their power play opportunities. 
the point they gained from taking the game to overtime moved them into a first-place tie in the Eastern Conference with the Florida Everblades. It's time to meet this week's guest on Under the Hood, Indy Fuel defenseman Chris Martinet. Chris is a familiar name to Indy hockey fans as he played his first season of junior hockey back in 2013-14 with the Indiana Ice playing in 35 games and a couple of playoff games en route to the Ice's Clark Cup championship that season. He was one of three players from this year's Fuel team that were part of that team, joining Joe Sullivan and Tim Shoup. Chris comes to the Fuel from the Brampton Beast, where he played the last two seasons. He played the year before that with the Idaho Steelheads, and in 135 ECHL games, has compiled 32 points and a plus 17 rating in those three seasons before coming to the Fuel. In 11 games in Indy this year, he has five points and is plus four. Chris was drafted by the Dallas Stars in the 2015 NHL draft in the fourth round. And then the next year, he joined a very exclusive and small club of players who have won junior hockey national championships in both the United States, which he did when he won the Clark Cup with the Indiana Ice in 2014, and in Canada, which he did when he won the Memorial Cup with the London Knights in 2016. He played three years in the Ontario Hockey League, eventually reuniting with former ice coach Jeff Brown with the Ottawa 67s in the 2016-17 season before beginning his professional career in the Dallas Stars organization the next season. Here is our conversation with Chris Martinet. You've been around at a lot of different levels, around a lot of successful hockey teams. What is it about this team that has made it uh, have the strong start that it has? Um, well, first of all, we have a bunch of really good hockey players. Um, and, uh, I think, you know, we have all the proper pieces in place to have a good team. Um, you know, we got a really good defensive core. We got good goaltenders. We have talented forwards. Um, we have forwards that can do, you know, a little bit of everything. They can power play PK, can put them up and down the lineup kind of thing. And they can do just about any job. Um, and I think that those are all big keys in order to have a good uh, a good team. You were out for quite a while with injury. How nice was it, number one, to come back, and number two, to be able to have a two-point game and contribute in a big win last Friday night? Um, I It was big. Um, honestly, uh, it's been a while. Uh, it's been too long um, since, uh, you know, my last couple of – or my last, I guess, little streak of games. Um, but it's been good to get back into, um, you know, the rhythm of the, the season and, um, obviously, you know, the, the points and stuff like, you know, aren't really my main priority out there when I'm, when I'm playing, but, um, they're definitely a confidence booster. They definitely help, uh, you know, propel my game into a, uh, you know, more positive direction and, um, for me, I feel like I'm just getting my season started. So if I can get rolling and start playing some really good hockey, then then, then that's great. Well, the goal you scored on Friday night really started with a good play by you in the defensive zone, high flip out to a center ice, and then that allowed the forwards to go to work in the offensive zone. When they're doing that, does that really create opportunities for you to jump into the cycle and have the opportunity you had to power one home on Friday night? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I am not going to drive the offense 
uh, and I don't think ever by myself. Um, so, you know, the, the forwards are, are really important key in that. And, um, you know, as, like you said, I did my job and I got the puck, puck out of my zone and, you know, they went in on a four check and that line did a great job, um, you know, uh, applying some pressure on their defense and their forwards. And, um, luckily, you know, uh, because of their hard work, a puck just kind of squirted out to me and right on the tape. And it's kind of something that, you know, you know, never really happens, but when it does, you want to seize the opportunity. And luckily I did. How do you use your size to really influence things and not just along the wall, but also in really kind of cutting off a part of the ice when the other team has the puck? Um, I try to utilize, well, not only the size of obviously my body, but uh, that's obviously good along the walls, like you said, but um, my stick, um, just being able to take away lanes and uh, for forwards and, and uh, having a good stick on puck um, is is always something that's been a major part of my game. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, on the penalty kill, I, I see that that's an area where, um, you know, I can definitely help, I think, just about anywhere. Uh, any team and, uh, you know, stopping guys from, you know, moving pucks from, you know, east to west, um, you know, on the power play or even in five on five play. Um, you know, that's how a lot of teams end up getting teams deep, uh, teams in their D zones to scramble. And then if I can help prevent that with a good stick and breaking up plays here and there, um, or stopping guys at the blue line and, you know, um, you know, turning pucks north and getting into their zone, then, then that's great. It's your fourth year in the league. How have you grown each year and into the player that you are today? Um, honestly, I, uh, for me, comfort's a really big thing. And at this point, I'm, I'm comfortable in my own skin at this level. And um, I, I know I can go out there and I can, you know, be uh, a dominant force at times, um, especially in the D zone and, and I can help change, you know, the, the tides of a game in that manner. And, um, you know, uh, obviously you're, you're rookie or you're going in, you're just trying to do whatever it takes to stay in the lineup or play and, you know, be a big part of the team. And then, uh, of course your career grows, you kind of find an, a niche, uh, where you kind of fit in. And, um, for me, you know, it's just being a solid stay at home defenseman that moves pucks is a good first passer and, um, you know, takes care of his D zone and, and obviously, you know, you, you want to be good on either the power play or the penalty kill. And I think I'm pretty good on the penalty kill and that's a big area for me. Uh, and so, you know, I think that those are some areas in, in my four years that you know, I think I've improved upon. This defense group that you have here in Indy, it seems like it's a really nice mix of stay at home guys, of guys that really like to drive the rush. How do you, as a group complement each other and allow, and how nice is it for you to play with some guys that are really good puck movers and complement each other's skills? Um, it's great. I think you need a good balance of both, um, all over the ice and especially on defense. And, you know, it's good to have guys that can move, you know, pucks and drive the offense from the back end. And, and honestly, I think we all can drive the drive you know the offense from the back end in a, in a way by moving pucks north and making a good first pass and 
um, you know, and those types of things. But it's great when, you know, you get a guy like me who, you know, I'm good for about 30, 40 seconds and I catch some wind and then you, you get some of those smaller guys like Leezy or Tex and, uh, you know, they can kind of go for days, um, which is good. So you can hit them with the puck and you usually can trust those types of guys to make a, a good solid play and then, you know, shift's kind of over. What is it like to have to be out to rehab and to really be chomping at the bit to get back onto the ice and back helping your team? Um, it's a, it's, you know, obviously people probably think that it's, you know, like, oh, you got to work downtime and yeah, you get, you get some, but, uh, I mean, you're doing a lot of work to get back to playing. And for me, I was kind of unsure whether or not I'd be able to play for the rest of the season. And, um, you know, I'm, and I, I feel great now, which I'm really fortunate to feel that way. And, uh, but I mean, you know, I got to help a lot of help from George and, uh, our medical staff, um, in order to get back to where I am right now and able to play. And that's, you know, through, uh, you know, Mike, uh, one of our PT guys, um, who helped me out and amongst some other guys on our team, who's, he's been helping out, um, and, uh, you know, uh, the hardest part's just kind of sitting around watching the games and, you know, you want to be out there helping out and doing what you do best. And that's, you know, playing hockey. And, um, it's just, uh, it's a, it's a great feeling being able to be back in the lineup and be, you know, an everyday again. The last couple of years you were in Brampton and this summer when they announced they were not playing this season with the rest of their division, what did that do for you, and how did you end up landing in India after that? Um, well, when I heard the news, it was, you know, uh, I was kind of expecting it in a way. Um, my agent and I, we talked about it, and we really didn't know exactly what was going to happen. And um, I was actually on vacation uh, with my girlfriend down in Turks and Caicos, and uh we got a, a call from my agent. He's like, yeah, you're a free agent now. And so, um, this year's some teams that are interested and, um, you know, I'm fortunate enough that I had a few teams, you know, want me to come and play for them. And, um, Indianapolis is right here, right next to home for me. My, my family lives in Columbus, Ohio. And, uh, you know, I was born here in Indy a long time ago and I'm familiar with the area and, uh, the few talks that I'd had with coach and um, the staff here went really well. And uh, I don't know, it just seemed like a really good fit for me. And, you know, it's been, it's been great so far. And it's a return to Indy for you. You played your first year of junior here with the ice back in 2013, 14. And is it nice to be able to come back and play in a, a city where you've had a lot of success? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's great. I mean, it's good to see, you know, a lot of familiar faces when I got here. I mean, there's, there's Jake Flincham, there's, uh, Luke and, and, uh, Flinchy. You know, all three of those guys were here when, uh, when I was here about seven, eight years ago with, uh, with Joe Sullivan and, uh, Shoopy and, um, some other guys that have played here like Kirker and those guys. Um, and, and that, that obviously helps, um, you know, make decisions uh when you're going someplace um or when you're trying to decide where you want to go um and 
I talked to Flinchy on the phone a couple times before I came and uh, just kind of reminisced about the old days when we uh, when we played in in Indiana for the ice. And uh, I don't know, yeah, it was a pretty easy decision to come here. How special was it your first year a junior to come in here and be part of a championship team? Um, it was uh, huge for me. I mean, I think for anybody be a part of the championship team there's guys that go their entire careers and they don't win a championship and I was lucky enough to be a part of such a good team my first year and um to learn from all these you know other guys who have kind of been there already and and played in at the time the USHL you know for three or four years and I kind of got the you know learn the ropes from a few guys and we had a good coach in Jeff Brown and uh and uh, Adam Krug, you know, who uh, helped us kind of along the way, and they were good mentors for me as a young guy. And um, I mean, it was yeah, it was just it was a blessing. I mean, I was kind of I was a young guy just trying to figure his way, you know, into junior hockey, and um, just fortunate enough to be a part of such a good team. And you're one of a handful of guys who have won junior hockey national titles in both the United States and in Canada. How much could you draw on that experience being part of a championship team here when you went to London and went through the Memorial Cup experience a couple of years later? It was a bit of a different experience. Um, I was a bigger part of the team when we won the uh, when we won the, the Mem Cup and we won the OHL um, when I was in London. Um, I played a much bigger role there than I did when I was here. I mean, I played a good amount when I was here in Indianapolis, but it wasn't the same uh, as when I was in uh, in London. And um, it doesn't take anything from from you know being a part of that team in Indy. But when I was in London, uh, you know, I was older, I was more mature, I was drafted, um, I was signed already um, with Dallas, and. Um, you know, they relied on me a lot as a, you know, a shutdown guy to play against all the top lines, and, uh, you know, of the opposing teams. And for me, you know, that was a, a big role and I took that very seriously. And um, I like to think that I did a pretty good job with, uh, with it. And, uh, you know, obviously that's not the main reason we won. We had great players up and down our lineup and a lot of them are playing in the NHL right now. So, but uh I mean, honestly, it still gives me chills just thinking about it. And, you know, I think that, uh, you know, if I'm being 100% honest, we got a team here that can do something very similar to some past teams that I've been on. And all I know is there's nothing like winning, and I'd love to win another championship. What was it like to play for Dale Hunter in London? And then you came back and played with Jeff Brown again in Ottawa at the end of your junior career? Dale was great. The whole staff in London was amazing. Um, you know, I, I think that that's, for junior hockey, one of the closest, you know, replicas you can get to playing in the NHL. Um, the way that they do everything from morning skates to workouts to videos to training camp to media to the fans that we got uh, on a nightly basis. Um, it was a packed house. Um, it just it didn't get more... NHL than, than London, in my opinion. And uh, Dale was great. Um, you know, he's uh, he's uh, he's a strong-willed uh, individual, and he wants to win, and he'll he'll do just about anything to win. And he's going to get the guys that he wants to to win. And if you don't want to do things the way that he likes them, then 
you know, he'll find another guy that'll get the job done the way he likes it done. So, um, you know, he taught me a lot about, you know, being a, a good stay at home defenseman and, you know, doing all the little things right. And here's what it's going to take to be able to play pro hockey, to play in the NHL someday. And, um, honestly, they were a huge part in the fact that I got drafted and, uh, you know, the fact that I'm, you know, playing, you know, professional hockey now at this point and, uh, you know, can't thank them enough for what they did and for all the experiences that I had there in London. And then, you know, obviously I got traded to, uh, Ottawa and, uh, back to Brownie, uh, which was great. Um, I got to take on a bit of a different role, more of a leadership role there and, um, kind of mentor all the young guys that they had there at the time, um, which was great. And, uh, you know, we had a pretty good team actually, um, from, you know, obviously when I was in London, we were, you know, one of the first place teams and one of the best teams in the league. And then I go to Ottawa, uh, we needed some help and they thought that I could help. And, and, and I, I think that, you know, when I got there, things got better, and um, we ended up making a, a decent push in playoffs. We made the playoffs, and, you know, we had a great year that year. It was a fun year, and uh, it was great playing with Brownie again. Um, you know, he's a great guy off the ice, great guy on the ice, very intense individual, loves to win. Um, I don't know, always enjoy playing for Brownie, so yeah. What are you looking for as far as goals for the rest of the year here in Indy? For goals here, I mean, obviously... Um, uh, I want to stay healthy. One, I'd like to help our team win games as many games as possible this season, and, um, get into the playoffs, and then once we get into the playoffs, make a run for uh, for the Kelly. And uh, you know, I think that we have a real possibility of doing that and winning uh, this season. So, um, if I can be a part of that, and, you know. Uh, help this team win in any way that I can, then I'm going to do it. And we want to thank Chris Martinet for joining us on this week's edition of Under the Hood, and want to thank you for listening as well. Again, the Fuel home on Thursday night against the Fort Wayne Comets. The puck drops at 7.05 p.m., and then on Sunday afternoon against the Wheeling Nailers, the puck drops at 3.05 p.m., and then the Fuel will be on the road for the next two and a half weeks a seven-game road trip ensues for the Fuel as the NCAA tournament takes over the Indiana Farmers Coliseum for the next couple of weeks. Of course, you can get your tickets at IndyFuelHockey.com, and Nick Olchek and I will have the broadcast beginning about 15 minutes before puck drop on the audio stream at Mixler.com slash IndyFuel. You can also find that on IndyFuelHockey.com and on video via Flow Sports. Want to thank you for listening to this week's edition of Under the Hood. I am Andrew Smith. We'll see you at the rink. Thanks for going under the hood with the Indy Fuel. For more, keep visiting indiefuelhockey.com.